Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Red Light Hockey Podcast. We've got another good episode this week, and this week we're going to be talking about how the season has begun for a lot of teams, uh, a lot of surprises, a lot of unnormal things that we expected, and then the weird stuff that's been going on. I'm here tonight with Jake. What's going on, Jake? How are you doing tonight, buddy? Hey, not too bad. How are you? Not bad, man. I'm not bad at all. So, uh, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, Lindy Ruff? stuff the devils what do you want to start with hey you're the showmaster you pick i'm the okay 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 so let's start with toronto because you're the leafs guy you know everybody wants to hear about the leafs let's start with toronto yeah well honestly there's not much else to say than it's a regular toronto start um the one good thing i'm seeing so far is samsonov playing Pretty well. He started, I think he's 4-0 now after the win against um, oh geez, the Winnipeg Jets on Saturday. So it was yeah. a good showing by him. It was a good showing by him. And, uh, I, you know, there's still some things that Toronto has to do defensively. <laughs> there was a couple of, of heated moments as well in that game where I think they need to be a little bit more disciplined. But, uh, you know, for as, as the first, what are we, six games into the season, I think they're, they're, they're they've started off well. <laughs> yes. So you're not in the group that's all mad at children. No, I'm not a guy that blames a coach, honestly. Like, you know, okay. they can only do so much. Uh, it's not like they're it's not like a, a Dominic Shum situation in Montreal where they're not <laughs> where they're not playing like you know, Keith is playing his guys, but his guys, yeah. you know, the, the, I don't think what he meant in his comments uh, last week as like, Hey guys, wake the fuck up. I think the, he, he more meant in, in, in a way that like, Hey, like the team that, you know, played Tampa seven games in the Stanley cup uh, first round last year, it's not the same team. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. that, that that's kind of where he was more getting at, but uh, I'll say like um, Kevin BX, I'm pretty sure mentioned it on Saturday. He has nothing to apologize for w- with his comments to the media. And I, I'm kind of in that boat. Yeah. So the fact that he apologized, what do you think on that? Like, is it he, he, shouldn't he, he has to because it's Toronto media. It, it, I don't think TSN or Sportsnet would have jumped on it right away. But like, I'm thinking more of the Toronto Sun and stuff like that. Toronto Star. Yeah. Where where they always kind of come out with scandalous stories about the Leafs. So. so my question to you is, do you think Montreal media or Toronto media, which one is worse? No, definitely. It, Toronto media is worse. The Montreal fans, those guys, you guys are like, you know, yeah. Uh, no offense to Montreal fans, but they're your different breed. I think Montreal's fan base is just, they, 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 they've become accustomed to winning so much with all the championships that they've had in history. I know you're going to go back uh, a long time ago, but the, the reality is Montreal fans expect that from their teams. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get that they beat Toronto in the first game of the year and all that. And it was, it was fun. And Danny Montreal played a great game, but like the fans saying, nah, 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 I know. Like, you know what I mean? Hey, 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 goodbye. After the first game of the season, after you just finished in dead last pump the brakes, <laughs> you know, coming from a leaf fan, pump the brakes. <laughs> hey, you were excited. It, it was a good game. I mean, this year, the Habs haven't bad as I expect them to be. That's how the many, one they how, how many road games have they played? Uh, two. How many have they won? None. 
that's where I think Montreal is going to have the biggest culture shock. You're comfortable playing at home. You're comfortable playing at home, right? They've won all their games at home, I think, right? Yeah. Except for the one last night. Yeah. So they're the 500 this season. Yeah. So like, however, however, their home games have been against mediocre teams with the exception of Toronto and Dallas last night, but. Yeah, the other two, the other two home games weren't against very good teams. Like Arizona was, it's Arizona. They beat the Leafs, so you know. And the Leafs, and then I'm trying to think who else they played. Forget, I wasn't even remember. Oh, but Pittsburgh actually, Pittsburgh was a good team too. Well, they Pittsburgh were losing out, that game, so they were, and they came back in the third period. But like I said, like Montreal's going to have good home games, but it's on the road where I think they're going to struggle a bit more, and it's normal. Even even the two road games they played, they were they were close. It was like a one nothing game and a two one game that they lost. Not counting the empty editors, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they're both very close games, and this, those nights the offense didn't get it done because they were they ran at the two really hot goalies those two nights. So yeah. I think if Montreal comes out of the season playing five hundred, like, I don't expect them to make a playoffs or the rebuild. That's that's a fact. But if they finish the season at 500 or something around 500, I, I'd be okay with that as a Habs fan. I just don't understand why Montreal fans are like, hey, let's finish last place last year. And then now that Connor Bedard's here, they're like, oh, well, we'll finish, you know, going for a playoff spot or 500. It's like, no, if you're going to rebuild, like, don't just do this accelerated thing. Like, it, you're not Ottawa. Ottawa went out and grabbed players. They came in. Montreal right. kind of did that with 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 Doc and all that, but not on the level that Ottawa's at, I don't think, right now, because Ottawa developed their guys a little bit better as well. In right. So I think the intent is they're gonna they're gonna be trying to draft the draft players, obviously, but also they went out and got young players, not just players, right? It's like Doc's 21 and players. Well, that's what I mean. Up. It's players that you gotta build around, but you can't just say, okay, now we're gonna gun for a playoff spot and finish. Right. Maybe. And I I, I don't I don't think they're expecting to make a playoff spot. But I, I also... don't think so either because the, the Atlantic is, is too stacked. Right. So I, I think also, but also what they're trying to do is the, like I'm saying the 500 thing, which is the last place in the Atlantic probably. Like if we're going to be honest. Well, I mean, you have some pretty good contenders. Right. So that's it, what I'm saying. Like if you, you if can say the Atlantic, yes, but like why, why you don't just got to look at the Atlantic. You have to look at the whole league, right? Right. There's, there's 31 but, other teams. Like I don't see the Kraken, <laughs> maybe the Kraken not hitting 500 this year. Arizona's not hitting 500 this year. Um, Columbus is always up in the air. Philadelphia is up in the air. You know what I mean? Buffalo. Yeah. I, I still think that there are teams that are worse than Montreal. Right. And the, but, the, the thing is too, and here's I think what the Montreal's logic is. You don't want to create a culture of losing. No. And I don't think that's what the guys want either. I, I so think that they're gonna they're gonna put in a lot of showing at home. A lot of home games yeah. are gonna have a lot of scoring. Montreal are gonna be playing really hard, but when they're on the road, I that's why you know what I mean. Like, I don't think if they have the pressure of the fans there, they're not gonna be playing as hard as they should be. Yeah, I, that's why I'm saying like I, I'm expecting the team to probably be 500 or a little bit lower than 500. Yeah, they'll be middle of the pack. I can see them beating out. Like like I said, the rest like Buffalo and and, and stuff. Well, but but Buffalo don't don't count Buffalo out, guy. Like, didn't they do this for the last three years where they have this amazing month of October and November, and then completely shit the bed? 
They've done that for the last four no. years. They've they had super hot. They did it last year too. And the year before, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the, the when they, they switched up. Last year, last year was last year was after the season, like after they were already eliminated, they like went on a crazy run in like February or something. Okay. I, I know that for a couple of years in a row they started the year super hot. Didn't they go on the yeah. like, huge eleven game win streak or something like that? And then ended up but on like second this, last. The thing was every other year that they went on the crazy win streak, Jack Eiko came back from whatever injury and then they started playing bad. I'm not right. saying Eichel was a problem, but I'm just saying he wasn't gelling pro- or so- or something messed up defensively of the team. There's no more Eichel. Yeah. So I, Buff- I I don't know. I'm hoping Buffalo does well. I, I want them. I want. I want them to do well. So do I. I mean, I like. But the thing watch, is, I like watching their games, but uh, oof. But the thing is, who who out of the Atlantic's gonna not not gonna make the playoffs? Uh, Detroit, Buffalo, Obviously Montreal. Much- I can see Ottawa pushing. I think Ottawa and Toronto are probably going to be the two teams in the in gunning for a wild card because I'm still looking at. You think the, I'm even looking at the Metro in the East, like um, the Islanders. Another horrific start to the season. They they're they're two and four. So my uh, question is: Do you think that Atlantic this year could have five five team playoffs and then Metro yeah. has three? Yeah, because like I'm looking. Penguins, Hurricanes, Rangers in yeah. the Metro. And I mean, I like, I, the Blue Jackets, you know, eh, I don't think so. The Capitals, I th- the Capitals might fight for that eighth spot uh, just because it's the Capitals. But, like, you know, uh, the I Flyers are the off. Capitals this year. Well, that's they're, they're not as, as solid as, uh, as they should be. Um, they're not aging well like Pittsburgh is. No. Uh, but then again, like right, uh, if we go, if, if if we look in the Atlantic, the Bruins, the Panthers, the Maple Leafs, and the Lightning, those for sure are, are for for me. And I think ninety nine percent of the league are going to say yes. Those those four teams are going to make it one hundred percent. And then I can see Ottawa fighting in that last spot with the Capitals, or maybe like the the Flyers, so- depending. In the Atlantic, here's what my prediction now after seeing the season start a bit. Uh, I see the Bruins making playoffs, obviously. I see Tampa making playoffs, obviously. However, Tampa does not look very good so start of the season, but they also were in the finals last year. I give them that. They didn't start the year. I give them a bit to get warmed up. But, uh, so they never started the season. I'll, I'll give them that. They're in the finals. So I'll, I'll give them that. Give them give them a bit. It's Florida, like, a, like they I said. No, the Florida is going to. It's very, very early in the season. Well, that's uh, it, right? Like we're not even ten games in. Like people are yeah, still literally making their debuts for their teams, right? Like so. So, but the thing is here with Florida. Originally, I would have said yes, they're going to playoffs, but now Eklad's out. Yeah, I don't care. They're going to score their way through any problems. I don't know. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> like goaltending. Has been good this year, though. That's what that's what I'm saying. Has it? Yes, it's been abnormally good to start the year. Well, I don't know. Boston has 27 goals in six games. Uh, the Leafs have 18 six. 
Um, Montreal, Montreal have the least goals scored in the Atlantic and the second least in the East, only trailing the Devils. The Devils have 14, the Canadians have 16. Like yeah, that's, that I, I'm looking at the goal differential. The Sabres have a goal differential of 11. So that's where you're seeing like, okay, the Sabres have a good goalie, but you're looking at the rest, like the Red Wings, you know what I mean? Okay. They have 12 goals against the Maple Leafs, 15 senators, 16 Montreal, uh, 18 Tampa, 19, right? Like all that's going to, it's going to clean up, but the games are tighter. I don't know if the, if the scoring's been down. The games are definitely tighter, but like that's just early season stuff. Sorry, I guess I was, I was looking more at the West. Oh, the West? I, I haven't really been following the West, but I do know the Stars uh, started out great. And so, yeah. This is, this is going to allow the Sharks goal differential. Can you guess what it is? Mm. Minus 11. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, you're cheating. You're cheating. I had this dadding substance a while ago. Um, okay. But no, like the Canucks have the same. They have a goal differential of minus 11. If you look at the Ducks, their their goal differential is minus 14. Yeah. Not so cheating. like the West, it's it's wild, wild West. Uh, I mean, the Sharks don't have great goaltending. The Canucks the Sharks, goaltending this year has been... The Sharks are just bad. Um, the Oilers start has really surprised me as well uh you know i i mentioned it last i think one of the last podcasts we did uh, in the summertime whenever jack campbell went to edmonton i i was like if he has a a, a shaky start to the season edmonton are gonna have a shaky start because it's confidence with this guy right and we're seeing it even with mcdavid and dreisaitl and evander kane on the team they're still at a goal differential of minus one and I yeah. know I just said it's it's five games into the season, but like you know, there are some of the games that you know you you should be winning those. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we're on the on the topic of the West. What team is your biggest surprise? Surprise. Your biggest, uh... biggest surprise, biggest disappointment in the West. I I mean, like I don't know if there's any good surprises in the West. If I'm looking at the standings, I have three teams that are been, that, are, that have been playing good. And that's the stars, the flames and the golden Knights. If I'm looking at any other team here, look at the Pacific. We have the flames with four wins out of five golden Knights with four out of six. Yeah. And then the next highest team in terms of points are the Seattle Kraken with two wins two seven. in seven games. <laughs> So, like, <laughs> below them, the Kings, the Oilers, the Canucks, wherever, like, the Canucks, that's, don't even get me started. That's completely terrible. But, like, you know, the Coyotes only have one win, and that was against the Leafs. The Wild only have one win. That's very surprising. Uh, the Jets kind of in the middle of the pack with two, same as Nashville. The Jets have two games l- less than the Predators right now, but they're still uh, only one point yeah. apart. So, like, I don't think the West is as strong yeah. as it used to be. But, uh, no, I think the it's no East. I think the roles have changed. The East is not a strong, 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 strong division. Well, it's, I think the West, to me, when I was growing up, the West was a quicker division in the East. It was always more fast paced. And now I think it's kind of the opposite, where, you know, you'll have like 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like certain teams, like uh, like Edmonton and Calgary, uh, come to mind, or like Vegas. But you look at the rest of the teams, and it's not like super like quick guys, you know. So going to the East, uh, young Sabers. I I also think uh, uh, the rookie movement and all that, like the youth movement in the league, has has changed. If we look in the East, there's a lot more younger guys than in the West. So. I mean, you can say the Ducks, this but the Ducks also have one win in six games. So, and also, if you look at the West, the travel is a lot harder than the West. It is, but I mean, the, it's not like that's new. It's not. Really, it's not. It's not a factor. People have been traveling. Right now, like any any of those players have been traveling for hockey all their lives. So I mean, yeah. You're a professional athlete, like yes, okay, I understand. Wait. Maybe the first year the, the the travel might be hard, but like you got to adapt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I I I think the East, though, you're right, is a lot stronger now. And I mean, teams in the East are a lot clearer. Like I'm going back to Toronto or Montreal or Ottawa. All those teams are very young, very quick. Like Montreal, Toronto's not as young as they used to be, but. But they're still a very quick team. Yeah. Well, like, it's because they, they I, I think around the 2015, 2016 era, the McDavid Matthews drafts, that's right around when the rookie movement to me really started. Yeah. You know, we, you, didn't, started, you never really saw, you never really saw first overall, first overall picks. Like, you know, they, they would be the ones to make the team the next year. But like after that, you go down the lineup, like down the pick order. Not a lot of them started the year after until, you know, we saw the McDavid draft because it was a stack draft. You know what I mean? And then we had the Matthews draft because it's another stack draft. So. And then the year, uh, what was it? What was another really good draft we had recently? The uh, Lafayette draft. Yeah. Not last year, but the year before. Yeah. Like Lafayette himself wasn't a great player, but there was a lot of good players in that draft. Nobody, no superstars. But a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. It's good to have deep drops, and or, we had uh, a, we uh, had a few of them. But that's just Jack because Hughes. the West the West was so good that you know what I mean. Not a lot of them, and back then the playoff um, the playoff bracket was different, right? Yes. The, the the way that teams made it to the playoffs, it was like the best eight teams, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, once that changed, a lot of the Eastern teams got better draft picks, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's that's why we see that kind of separation East-West. This is true. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of players in the East. Yes, but at the same time, a lot of players also went West. That's true. Like I mean, like I yes, more, you can say Kachuk went to went to the east, but then you can also say Huberto went to the west, right? It, to me, Huberto is a much scarier opponent than Matthew Kachuk. This is true, but I think it's more like if you look in the, I guess it's more central that lost out in the players. No, nobody really wants to go central. Well, it's because the Central was the toughest division for one time. Like the, the Stars, the Avalanche, the Blues, the Blackhawks, the Predators dominated. Like they dominated for a long time. Those five teams, right? Like it, I, mean, I just named. So. I just named in in those four. 
or those five, three of those are Stanley Cup champions. Four of those made it to the Stanley Cup finals. But all five did, actually. The Predators did make it to the finals. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and you can throw the Jets in that mix, too, because the Jets are, were also a dominant team for a while. Uh, they, they held their own, but they never made the playoffs in the old uh, when, they, when they came back from Atlanta. Yeah, they did. A couple times. But like that's because they beat. That's what as soon as that switched over, um, the playoff bracket switched over is when they started making it because they had that yeah. extra spot. Yes, but Winnipeg. I, I think Winnipeg was a good team too because they, they had that run where they went to the conference finals and they they, they had a few good years. Yeah, but I like Thanks. I I'm looking at the Blackhawks. Predators, the Blues, the Avalanche, and the Stars, like all those teams were good for like at least five years in a row, right? I mean, you can't really say were when there's Colorado is still a dominant force of nature. Well, I mean, the the still those are the fought the top five teams in the central right now. Yeah. So I mean <laughs> there's obviously still the the strong ones, but like not in terms of league wide now. The Pacific yeah. oh, got better. Um with the exception of Atlantic. Colorado. Well, yeah, like Colorado's been good for a long time, at least the last 10 years. Them and Tampa Bay, in my opinion, have been the two most relevant teams in the league over the last 10 years, even though the Blackhawks won multiple cups and so did the Kings and the Penguins but and the, and the Lightning. <laughs> Obviously, I just keep going down the list. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think the most relevant team in the last 10 years in the league is Pittsburgh, Tampa, Pittsburgh and Tampa are the two most relevant teams. They're the teams that won the most recently, but like the Blackhawks were dominant. They they had their dynasty. Then there was uh, yeah. then there was the Kings that also like you know pulled off the incredible. Uh, the Blues pulled off the incredible. Like there's a lot of good stories, but like I'm talking in terms of like playoff appearances and wins and stuff. Like I the Avalanche to me and the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay had a hard go with like, you know what I mean? They'd always go up against like Pittsburgh or Washington or like, you know, one of the big juggernauts in the time. I I think Pittsburgh is Detroit. You think Pittsburgh is Detroit. If you know what I mean. I do not. So, you know, for like the longest time from like the nineties to like 2000. Oh, okay. 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 Yes. And now I understand what you mean. How, how Detroit had the longest playoff run. Well, I mean, to me, the Penguins kind of took that over from Detroit. Right. So when, when Pittsburgh won the when Crosby won his first cup in 2009. Well, it was back-to-back Detroit, back-to-back finals. Like the, It was right. the same finals back-to-back. And that's when Detroit was on, on the decline, and then that's when Pittsburgh was on the decline. And now Pittsburgh is, on, is the new Detroit. Well, I mean, I Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, yes, Pittsburgh was on the incline. But if you look after Crosby won his first cup to his second cup, how many years were there in between? Like there were, he won his first cup. Was it in 09? Six years. Yeah. So there's still a six year gap where Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane won a few cups. Uh, Isaac right. Opatar and Drew Doughty won a few cups. You know what I mean? So. Right. I'm just saying that like, as far as being playoffs and all that stuff like that. So I'm saying like the Penguins are today's Detroit. Cause, cause that, that Detroit era, they only won three cups in that era. I still think that, like, if you're really going to compare, 
to, to, to Detroit, I would say more maybe Tampa. No, it's it's the today's Penguins are that era of Detroit. Tampa is more of a winning team. They've won less cups. Than those those Red Wings? Than Pittsburgh, yeah, and those Red Wings. Red Wings won. Tampa only has two cups in the last 10 years. Right. Well, since 09. Yeah, so I think that's what I'm saying. I think Pittsburgh is the the new Detroit, and Tampa. I think Tampa is the new Detroit. I think Tampa is going to win the cup again this year. They're going to go back. Then it won't won't be the new Detroit. Tampa will be somebody else. Tampa will be Tampa. I don't know who what other team did that in history. Well, I mean, Iserman did build the team. Iserman literally built the Lightning. And now he's rebuilding the Red Wings. The only team in the history, but like, but like I'm saying, that era of Red Wings did not win that many cups. They were very good. Now they made the playoffs a lot. They're a juggernaut. That's what I'm saying. I think that's won. Tampa since since '09. Like since the decline of the Red Wings, I think Tampa kind of the Penguins were in the mix, but like they couldn't beat out the Western juggernauts. I think Detroit no, were, Detroit guys, were able to beat out the Eastern juggernauts. You know, because but you're they, going back, you're going back to those. Yeah, but you go back to those times and you're looking there, the like the, the Canadians and like the Leafs and stuff like that. Those were all yeah. the big guys, right? No, 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 the Canadians were, ni- were 93. And then that's when Detroit started being good. It was after the 93. And what can they have from the last Yeah, cup. but the Montreal didn't just shit the bed after 93 there. No, but they weren't winning cups and they weren't playing Detroit because Detroit was a Western team at the time. Right. I uh, don't know if West and East. I think it was. Um, well, Campbell and whatever. Yeah. But so it like, was different because Toronto and Montreal weren't in the same division at one point. Yeah. So. Detroit and Toronto were. Yes. Six, yes. My point is. So. You're making that comparison, but I, I just. I, I see it, but I, 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 I kind of. say think... Tampa is like Colorado of that era. Because they got the goalie. Colorado had, had the way. They have Sakic in uh, Kucherov or Stamkos, some of those guys. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just era. think that Colorado's Colorado, and I, I just think Tampa Bay is overtaken Pittsburgh it, it, to me. To me. I, I think Tampa's been the better team over the last 10 years. We will agree to disagree. Yeah. Now, <laughs> moving on from this debate that we're going in circles about, um, Detroit, do you think that they're going to be a playoff team this year? Or do you think they're just going to be on the, on the edge? Like, do you think there's a chance to make playoffs? There's gonna, they're going to be a contender for a playoff position, yes. Just the way that they play. They have a great record right now in uh, 3-0-2. They have points in all five now, games. And they have uh, a goal differential of plus eight. So here is a crazy, crazy theory for you. What happens teams if they don't make playoffs? So let's say something wild goes on. Toronto misses playoffs. Florida misses playoffs. And uh, I, I just don't, I don't see it happening. 
there's I get like we can't make that prediction either six seven no, games into the season. No, I, I know, I know. I Just know. based know on the get... fact, like we said a while ago, you know, I mean, the Sabers could and the Wings are having great starts to the season. Wait until the contending teams like Tampa, Toronto, like and all those guys start to really play some hockey. Yeah. You know, get into the 20, 25 game mark, we'll really start to see a disparity. So uh, discrepancy between the teams. So yeah. So. Again, this is this just a hypothetical world here. Mm-hmm. Um, just making things up. Let's say Toronto, Tampa, and Florida all miss playoffs. Those three teams miss playoffs. Who gets fired? Who gets a second chance? Uh, well, if any of those teams misses the playoffs, like if Tampa misses, I don't. If Tampa misses the playoffs, nothing happens. Um, they just made it to the Stanley Cup final and back to back to back years, one, two out of the three. So nothing happens there. Toronto, oh, Sheldon, Keith, Dubisk, yeah. If the Leafs don't make the playoffs, like management is sacked. Um, Do you think Shanahan gets gone too? No, Dubis, yes, shiny, no. Uh, he's done Shanahan. so much more for the organization behind the scenes that yeah. you know. Um, if the Panthers miss the playoffs, I think you know the Zito's gone. That's, Nothing happens if the Bruins, uh, yeah, I can see their coach getting fired, but like, you know what I mean? The Bruins, nobody's expected them to start the season five, one and oh, but the thing is with Florida, like if they don't make playoffs, Montreal has their first round pick this year. It's unprotected. Yeah. But if, if Florida doesn't make the playoffs, they're not, it's not bottom of the bucket there. If Florida doesn't make the playoffs, it's going to be like you're going to get like the 16th pick or something like that. Well, unless they win the lottery. You know the odds of Florida winning yeah, the lottery I, I know, is I know, more I know. than me winning the lottery. <laughs> so, but if they do win the lottery, that'd be hilarious. I, you're I talking about so many hypotheticals just to make Montreal pick Connor Bedard. It's not going to happen. <laughs> no, Bedard's going to Arizona. We already all know that. Then Arizona's going to move. And then then he's going to play with Matthews in two years. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But no, that's, that's all jokes. Obviously. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Matthews is going to stay in Toronto. Do you think he does when his contract? It it depends on how the cap goes. Well, it's going up. It's going up by four mil. Minimum. By the time, yeah, minimum by the time that his contract's done. I've heard, I've heard rumblings that it's going up by ten. It, it was rumored, but then I think it was released that by the end of 2023-24, so at the end of next season, it's going to yeah. go up by by four. So that's my thing. Like, like, is Matthews? Do you think Matthews wants to stay in Toronto? I don't see why he wouldn't want to stay at a Stanley Cup contending team. I, I, I think that group of guys think they can win the cup. Like I, I do. And they do have a good team that they're able to do that. They have a solid top six. They have a solid top four de- uh, defense pair when, when they're healthy, you know, Muzzin's been hurt, but uh, Muzzin's career is done. I don't know if it's done. I just think that, you know, reduced minutes, he has a concussion problems, right? Like that's where he's at right now. Yeah. I think that, you know, if he had reduced ice time in Toronto, but that wouldn't really make his, his you know, he, he's still a good and efficient player. I think maybe if he went to a different team, that would go maybe a little bit better. But uh, 
No, I, I do think Matthews is going to resign. If I see someone walking, I see it's going to, I think it's going to be Nylander, him and Matthews, their contract finished at the same time. So yeah. I, I, I'm going to say if Toronto doesn't trade Nylander next year, that Nylander walks and Matthews stays just because, you know, Toronto have guys like Nick Robertson that to me prove that they can, he can, they, he could play top, top six minutes. Right. So what about your number one right-handed defenseman, Mitch Marner? Yeah. Um, I think he's going to stay in Toronto. He's from Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then Tavares, his contract finishes at the same time as Marner. So, you know, either Tavares decides to take a huge pay cut to stay in Toronto, like Gio and Spezza, uh, or, you know, he maybe goes to another team, but uh, I, that may be another guy that Toronto doesn't resign at the end of his contract. Yeah. I think right now Tavares' contract is handcuffing the Leafs. No, it is not. Tavares scored two goals against Winnipeg, uh, two very nice goals, one tip and one uh, slick play in front of the net. So I, I think that people who say that John Tavares is cap-strapping the Leafs, yeah, okay, maybe his contract's a bit much, but, like, you know, he's a, he's a captain for the team. He brings the guys together, you know, um, after a devastating hit in the playoffs a couple of years ago. You know, I think that might have turned the series if he would have been healthy for that. Uh, and then he, we saw, we saw it last year in the playoffs. He can still play, and he's starting the year really good. It's just that's what the media in Toronto does. Is as soon as somebody has like you know a couple games where you know you're not putting up points and they're not actually watching what the guy's doing on the ice, it is where you got to start pumping the brakes as well. You, you got to watch the full sixty minutes and you got to see how the guys play on the ice. You know, maybe he didn't get a point this game, but he also was a plus one and he has three takeaways. And he was 65% in the face-off circle. That's yeah. what you got to look for in, in, in a player and especially in centers. So you're going to pay a little bit more for that, obviously. Uh, Toronto was the number one face-off team in the league last year, so that helped them a lot. Uh, Toronto's a puck possession team, so if you win the face-off, right, you start with the possession. Um, but that that's just my opinion. There's people that say, you know, he's a, he's a waste of cap, but like... No, I don't think it's a waste of cap. I, you I just, you I can just... look at so many other contracts in the league and say, you know, okay, maybe, maybe not. Tavares is the number one center on pretty much any team in the league other than like Edmonton. Or Pittsburgh. Or Pittsburgh. But they have too many centers. So, yeah. I think if he's in Pittsburgh, he'd be on the second line wing. No, he'd be center. I think Malkin would move to the wing. Or they even put him on the third line. I, I, Tavares is is the second line center on my team right now. Me, yeah, maybe. Anyway, um, point I want to talk about is the youth movement in Montreal. I'm a Habs fan. I'm trying to refrain from talking about too much Montreal, but I want to talk about it a little bit. Not even the youth, but just like how much draws certain players have been surprising me this year. I want I want your opinion on it as a Leafs fan. I want I want to hear what you think. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to know? They're in last place right now. No, I know. Like certain individual players have impressed me with their play overall. I don't think that they've impressed me with their play. I think that they're doing what people expect them to do. 
I don't know like how many people didn't predict Suzuki to have a great start and to have not, Cofield to have great those. starts, you know? I, I, I don't want to talk about those guys. Those, those aren't the ones I want to talk about. So, so that's what I did. So, so like you certain... want to talk, talk about Wi-Fi? Is that what you want to do? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one guy. There's just 24 guys on a team. No, I, I'm aware of this. I'm aware. I'm aware there's more than one guy on the team. I like, like I said, certain guys, success stories that I'm, I'm, I'm happy about. I'm hopeful for the future is what I'm saying. I don't know I if know he cracks that, a lineup anywhere else in the league other than like Arizona. Hot right, take. but it's not really a hot take. It's it's realistic, but it's the fact because is, Montreal have no defensemen. <laughs> but the fact is, he cracked his team, and like now he's making a reason to stay in the NHL because he's well, playing like, well. Uh, Honestly, is he where is he playing in the lineup right now? He's averaging 15 to 17 minutes a game. So is he on like the third pair defense? Yeah, kinda. Because they don't really have a third and second pair. Like third and second pair are playing the same amount of time. And they only have they only have like a first pair right now, as far as like ice time, if you're looking okay. at ice times. So who's creeping who who would replace who's the Montreal's seventh defenseman right now? Uh, right now we're, we're waiting for Edmondson and Matheson to come back from injury. So Edmondson and Matheson come back in. Yes. Who's coming out? Wi-Fi is the gonna... first guy that's coming out. I'm sorry. It's just, he's, he's, he started the, you know what I mean? He had a great fight and you know what I mean? He scored a goal and stuff like that. But like, he, he, if you bring Edmondson and stuff, that back in the, in Matheson back in the lineup. I don't I'm think sorry. so. I think, I think you take Weidman out on the right side. You put Matheson on the right because he played. He played on the right in Pittsburgh. But why don't you just send Wi-Fi to the AHL and give him first line AHL time and play because, the NHL guys that you signed an you NHL know, contract for to play? So that's what I'm getting there. I'm saying you take Weidman out because you, you signed Weidman to be a seventh defenseman. That's what he's there for. And then you take and then you take the. Um, you send Harris down to the HL. You you could. I don't know that I would, just because of the whole situation in Montreal. Like you don't want too many rookies on the team, because like you know Montreal could score four goals a game, but they're going to give up five. Right. If they have but- that kind of defending. If you look at the defense, like as far as the rookies go, um, like one rookie that's super, super, super impressed me as far as his defensive play has been Caden Gooley. And that's why I didn't mention his name because um, I, wanted, not playing. I wanted the Leafs to draft him, uh, but they drafted uh, uh, a Russian guy that has a tumor, Rome, Rodion. Oh, Abramov. Abramov. Yeah. So, um, I wanted Toronto to draft Gooley, but they also, like, you know what I mean? They have a lot of yeah. left-handed defensemen. Uh, but, no, he. I think that he's going to be a good defenseman. I think he can be top four for Montreal easy. He stays in the lineup. He stays in the lineup. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Back. Like, right now... But I think Montreal play... I think they like Weidman a lot. And I don't see... I can see them putting Harris as a seventh defenseman just to give, you know... Uh, that, I think 
if anything, they're going to keep Jackeye up as a seventh defenseman and send Harris down. Just because Harris is a guy you want him playing every night to develop, whereas Jackeye, he was undrafted and they just signed him in free agency. And also the fans do have a lot of say in it, and his jersey sales have run an absolutely insane Montreal. I feel like that'll be like a management saying you have to keep him up type thing. That's what my yeah, yeah, I'm saying. But I'm saying, okay, we're because when is Matheson and Edmondson coming back? Edmondson unknown, waiting for his back to react to he's been here since last year. And Matheson is six weeks away now. Okay, so that means that we're gonna be well into the first quarter of the season by then. So we'll see when the time comes when they come back. That's what I mean, right? Like uh, I, that that's why I think at that point in time, he's the odd one out. Uh, I yeah. think that the hype, the hype around him might dare. He could completely, and I hope he does, prove me wrong and and have a great rest of the season, or you know what I mean. But yeah. if if he doesn't, I you know jersey sales aren't going to go up. Like people aren't going to be. What once people have their jerseys get to 15, 20 games, they're not buying jerseys at that pace. You know what I mean? So that's when players kind of, it's just coming from experience as a fan. Like you see people like that come in and out on a, uh, every so often. Uh, yeah. I, them, right. So, yeah. I just hope he stays. I like his story. I like, uh, Oh, it's great story. And like, you know what I mean? I'm sure he's a great guy and he's a great player and stuff like that, but like, you got to it, it, understand it's a business at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. So, Anyway, that's the whole thing. That's why I brought up the Jersey sales thing, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, one, one last thing about him that's funny I want to mention is like the fact he got fired from Costco to go to tryouts in Montreal. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it, it's crazy, but at the same time, <laughs> you're an NHL team. Do you really want to go around saying, hey, one of our defensemen worked at Costco this summer? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like you're kind of going back to the time when Maurice Richard was playing against every day to day salesman. <laughs> like, that's basically what you're telling me right now. Hey, it worked out for Maurice Richard. <laughs> it's not working out for Montreal at minus, uh, minus two in the season. Hey, 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 hey. He's still a rookie defenseman, but I'm just saying. God, I, future, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, the but, future, is, future is bright. Like I'm saying, like, like I, I got three, shit four. on for talking about Matthews when Toronto drafted Matthews. Don't tell me that I'm not going to come and shit on this one guy who worked at Costco this summer. Like the Leafs got beat by a Zamboni driver. Come on. <laughs> you, also, you also got beat by the Costco guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. But again, it's Toronto. Yeah. I think losing to a Zamboni <laughs> driver is nothing is ever going to top that. Just you wait. <laughs> yeah, you get you get beat by Elliot Freeman or something. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out of the broadcast booth. <laughs> Thirty-three thoughts. Oh <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah. So Jack has impressed me. Gooley, I mean that guy. Wow, 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 wow. I thought I can say about Caden Gooley. He's not playing like a rookie. He's averaging twenty-five minutes a game, and he's like. It, to me, just because I, I've kind of kept my eye on him over the last couple of years with the World Juniors and stuff, so I kind of know what he's able to do, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not surprising. Like, he's, to me, kind of like Erasmus Sandin, you know, four, top four guy. I think he's going to be better than Sandin. Yo, yeah. 
Sandin hasn't impressed me so far this year, but like he has had so, injury problems and stuff. So I'm going to be a bit more yeah. lenient on that. But I think that like, you know, Toronto's defense core as a whole is going to be a little bit more solid than Montreal's over the next couple of years. Because they have Riley locked down. They have uh, Lilligren still who's on IR. Um, <coughs> excuse me. They have Sandine Brody. Right. Yeah, and then Montreal I have coming up. They have Gouli, who's surprising the crap out of a lot of people. But I, I mean, I'm not surprised because of how good he like he was projected to be. It just a lot of people didn't believe it. Like, ah, he's not gonna be that good in some Montreal draft. You know, I think because the way he plays, he plays like a pro. Like his his personality, a lot of people say it's compared to a young Shea Weber. He he has composure. Yes. He has a lot of composure for for a young defenseman, but like we're seeing that with a lot of young defensemen now, right? Kale McCarr and right. Rasmus Dahlin. Right. And both of those guys are excellent players. Dahlin took a few years to break him, but McCarr came right away and started going wild. Mm-hmm. So, and Gouli, everywhere he's played, he was a captain with the exception of Montreal, Suzuki, obviously, but like, everywhere he was before he was captain. Mm-hmm. He, and, like, if you watch him play, like he doesn't even sweat during games. Like, the only other person to play, like, that many minutes and as a defenseman not sweat and be that good that I can well, remember is Scott Niedemeyer. It's because, the re- like, I'm going to just circle back to what we were saying at the beginning. When Edmondson and Matheson come back, we never mentioned Gooley's name, right? Right. And, and what you just said proves why he's why his name wasn't mentioned because he's working hard because he doesn't sweat because he was like like it's, it's just his worth worth ethic that is just good and he has lots of composure that's why he's going to be making the lineup over a couple of other guys in my opinion right. once once oh, montreal's decor gets off ir Back. yeah and then like gooey like 100 he's not getting sent down like he's he's, he's going to finish the season in montreal and and more than likely continue his career there unless he gets traded i highly doubt it no, he's in. Unless unless uh, Colorado calls said we'll do a Kale McCarver really one for one, he's not going anywhere. I would trade the whole Montreal team for Kale McCarr. <laughs> Just ice McCarr. <laughs> he probably win more games than Montreal <laughs> did last year. Well, I mean, last year was ridiculous. We're, we don't talk about last year. Yeah. Um. Now, yeah, like Gouli, he's just impressed me. Like he's. I think he's going to be something special. I think he's he came in underrated because they, they were projecting him to be only a top four defenseman. I think I, he can. I, be- I think that's right. I I think he's going to be. He's he's he might be a top two defenseman later in his career, but like that's just because you know Montreal is not going to have other top two defensemen. That's just you know Riley. Riley to me isn't a top two defenseman. Isn't a top pair defenseman on a lot of other teams in the league, but on Toronto, so, he is. I think that's the same I, thing. Here's what I think. Cause Montreal has a lot of defense in the pipeline. They have a lot of defense, left-handed defenses specifically in the pipeline. I think Gouli will be a top two alpha or a top two Bravo defenseman, however you want to call it. So I think they're going to have a very good top four defense, but no true. Yeah. But like, basically what Toronto does. With Brody yes, Riley, so like, I think it's gonna be like a more physical shutdown guy that can that can put offensive player, but he's gonna be more of like a 
you know, like a two-way guy. Whereas when Mayu steps in, like Logan Mayu, like I know the controversial draft pick that everybody hates, whatever, he is still a good player. Yeah, but uh, I'm not going to get into the conversation to should he have the right after what he did. Right. That, so that, that's, talking, yeah. But if I'm you're talking, talking hockey, player. yes. If you're talking hockey, yeah. Just, just hockey, just hockey. He got drafted. He got drafted to the league, right? He got to right. say, so, if he got drafted, you're a good player. Right. So, and his potential for the controversy thing, he was supposed to be a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. And then everything happened, whatever. So he, he got drafted 30th or 31st overall, whatever it was. Um, now, a top 10 pick, you'd expect that person to eventually become a decent defenseman. Well, I mean, like, I think a good comparison, not in terms of what they did, but just for terms skill. of. No, in terms of uh, like how to deal with this whole like controversy thing is uh, D'Angelo, Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, I, I I can kind of maybe start drawing comparisons to that, right? Like, yeah, but at the same time, you know, you gotta go, you gotta get through that. Uh, my used stuff is a little bit more serious, in my opinion. But uh, hey, yeah, we'll let Jeff so, Wilson do what he needs to do. Yeah, so Mayu, we'll see what happens with that, but. Let's say he makes a team and everything gets sorted out. As far as players go, I could see him fitting in as a, as a number two defenseman that can provide the offense. I mean, Jordan Harris is supposed to be the number two defenseman that will provide offense. He has been good making passes and everything, but also all the so Harris is another option. Harris is another pretty good defenseman that could be a, easily fit in the top four. The thing I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Mayu is going to make too much headway in Montreal and if he does play I think he's going to be you know um sixth pair maybe seventh defenseman yeah we'll see what happens but like I, but because I just I think Montreal have better defensemen than him yeah I think Harris is going to be the top four defenseman in Montreal after Cooley in the future the thing with Harris is he's he's not lazy but I like but Gooley makes him look not like like he doesn't put enough effort in if that makes sense you kind of got to give it a little bit to Montreal as well. Like they, they have a young team. They have a young defensive group. They have a young forward group. It's going to be a tough year. But like, you know, you're going to see those little mistakes by players. Right. And already though, this year, like you're seeing it with the coaching compared to last year. It's, it's night and day. Like this, that's, that's, I think that's the biggest thing as a Montreal fan, you're watching the team. It's not, that the team's like great, like they're not for last place, but it's night and day to last year. Like the team's showing up every night, they're putting an effort out home and away. Yeah, they're not, they're not it's in the work. Out there. The, the work ethic is, is, is better this year, for right? Mexico. And that's the one of the big things that San Luis like is really driving home. Like, yeah, you know, like you look at it, like Dwayne was scratched for the first three games because he, like, he wasn't putting any effort in practice. Like, and then Murray's logic was, well, if you don't want to put any effort in practice, you're not playing, that's it. I don't care how much money you make. Yeah. And I, I mean, love that's, that. I that, love that's that. That's how it fan. should be. Uh, I love I, that I, as a fan. I know that, you know what I mean? You might have got drafted high or you might get this amount of money for, for playing and put this amount of points up. But, like, if you don't give your 100%, why are you here? Right. And I, I love that. So, Marty St. Louis, like, good story how he came to the NHL as a player. And I think the fact that he played in the league and his story, how he made the league, 
and he's a Hall of Famer, and he's won a cup. He's like, you know what I mean? He's done everything. And his story is something else as well. Right. So that's what I mean. Like he's he's done everything. He he can do that as a coach. He he can go to those guys and be like, you know what? You don't want to put effort in, you're not playing. That's it. Oh, I think any coach can do that. No, but I, I, I don't care. I don't but, care. I mean, what player like the whole when when Eichel took control of, of Buffalo there, that was right. Like, but the, my, my, my point is though, certain coaches like any coach can do that. Yes, you're right. But certain coaches can get away with it and the and won't lose the room. I think Marty is one of those guys. Just well, because I, I just I think that you know he has just the work ethic that he brings is infectious to the rest of the team. Like a good comparison yeah. would pro- like I think that's why a lot of players are going to become good coaches. We saw it with Rod Brendamore. Yeah, and we're still seeing it with Rod. Brent. Like that whole team is Jack now. Like the whole team yeah. can probably skate uh, into seven overtime periods and still be, you know, I mean, not gas. Marty has Marty has the whole team doing his leg workouts now. Well, that's it, right? Like that's yeah. where you're going to start seeing a little bit change. Is where a lot of the you know players who you know took their retirement a few years ago, but still wanted to stay in shape. Well. Yeah. Before, if you look at coaches, right, they're pretty much they were all older guys, old men smoking cigarettes on the bench. Right. Now it's yeah. Teddy. (laughs) But But no, it's like my my whole point is that I think Marty St. Louis is going to be a great coach. Oh yeah. I'm excited for him, and like he brings a lot more excitement to the team than Deshaun did. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it now. Though, cut to when. Martin St. Louis gets fired in like two weeks. Because <laughs> oh, 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 I remember people saying that about Dominic Duchamp. <laughs> he got fired like two weeks into the I season. never liked him. I never liked him. He, like, when he became when he became head coach in the playoffs, I'm like, I hope they don't keep him. I hope they lose the first round, whatever. I didn't like him. And they made the finals. They're like, all right, cool, whatever. He made it to the finals, but this team's not going to be good next year. I don't trust Ducharme. And what happened? We all know what happened. <laughs> exactly. I never liked Deshaun. You can go back. You can hear me say it multiple times. I'm not a fan of that man. I didn't like, he didn't, one, he didn't communicate well with the media. He always like, his interviews would put you to sleep. Well, I mean, he was trying his best to speak English. No, in French. I, I, I watch games in French. I watch all the S. I just, think that's your he problem. Was, well, he was just bad. <laughs> he, he was, he's bad at talking. Like he was bad in English and French. He's just not a good talker. Yeah, you need to have like, good communication if you're a coach. Exactly. Like that's what. Like that's one thing of Marty. Like the guy, like looks like you just tell you stories and talk your ear off all day long and good to go. And like I just don't know. Deshaun is boring. Like he's like. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, I, no I think it helps too that a lot of people, like a lot of players who are playing for Montreal right now, idolized. Martin St. Louis growing up, right? Because like, who didn't as a kid pretend yeah, that you were Martin yeah. St. Louis, or, you know what I mean? Skating down the ice, scoring a goal, like, you know, yeah. such a great player. So, yeah. Anyway, that's it for this week. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Remember to buy our merch and enjoy. <laughs>